Well, let me just say, I had the chance to watch You Won't Be Alone at Sundance, and I was really quite taken with it. And uh, I, I really, I, I love the way it approached its uh, subject. And I, I think the technical aspects of the movie are a huge reason as to why it's so effective. Thanks. Um, when you when you first started talking with the director about the movie from an editing process, what were some of the things that you guys talked about? <laughs> well, um, uh, yeah, we, Gore and I met um, after I read the script. Um, the producer got in touch first, and then I had this meeting with Goran, and um, we started talking about the... Uh, the film and the editing in general and yeah we kind of uh quickly um bonded on on obviously Ter terence malik was a huge influence for both of us mm. and um and that sort of you know we you know we really clicked on that subject especially his early work like uh yeah badlands and uh, um, uh days of heaven for example uh but also the you know latest stuff like the the Tree of Life, for example, but um, but yeah, you know, in the the script somehow was you know um, how you say it, but uh, assuming a certain style of editing, you know, and and pushing that style of editing, there was already a lot of um, voiceover written in the script, and it was clear that you know that there were going to be a lot of montages mm. and um, and a lot of you know, very um, poetic slash existential passages, you know, um, mm -hmm. that, you know, and um, yeah, more or less these were the, the main, the main elements of that conversation, of that conversation early on, let's say. <laughs> yeah, and the, the voiceover actually brings up something. What is it like, I mean, you, you'd already read the script, so you knew it was going to be in there. Was the voiceover already recorded when you start editing, or is that something that came in later? Uh, it, it was kind of there. Uh, they they recorded it on set. Okay, oh. now I can't I can't remember if yeah how soon. I I can't I really can't remember how they were recording it. I can't remember if we had it all in one go, like if they did a big session where they recorded the whole of it mm -hmm. or if they or if they recorded it in in pieces but i i suspect that it was all in one go um and uh and it was all in the script already we actually took out a lot of voiceover through the edit uh but um but yeah what was amazing about that voiceover <laughs> was i think the performance you know even for me not being a macedonian speaker I could, you know, it was just the performance that Sarah Klimovska, who's the actress who plays um, Nevena, you know, when she's in that cave, when she's like a, a young girl, basically. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, she was already um, nailing, really, the performance and the tone of that voiceover. And um, he had such a great um, poetic impact. And, and uh, you know, it was, it was just amazing to hear on those images, even without the subtitles, if, if that makes sense. You know, it really felt like uh, some kind of song, you know, um, 
So uh, yeah, that's that's yeah that that's that's how the voiceover was was uh, was was constructed basically. Mm-hmm. What are some of the decisions that you and uh, the director go through in terms of does he already have an idea of before you guys before you start working on the edit does he already have an idea of particular scenes that he's sort of thinking well maybe that is not necessarily something that I'm interested in having in here anymore or is it just something as the process goes along you're going through this and sort of talking about it. uh how how exactly does that process work oh well uh th- yeah we cut out a lot um now from memory the first assembly was around the three hours mark um but but i have to say they were not big scenes that we cut out okay also because obviously the scripts had this concept of yeah it, it was it was kind of locked to its concept in some way because you know there were all these um transmigrations you know this saw without giving too many spoilers but this soul had to go through these different bodies and that you know we we didn't change any of that and mm-hmm. somehow you know, obviously there was never a discussion of saying, oh, you know, we could get rid of this character, you know, like, which is, which sometimes happens on other type of films, you know. Um, so everything was kind of connected. It's more that we, uh, yeah, we trimmed down the whole thing, you know, in some way, and we were getting rid of not scenes, but more like little beats, mm-hmm. you know, little looks, so I don't know, little moments with, yeah, if it was with uh, animals, there was only, yeah, from memory, there was only like a, a slightly bigger, um, yeah, scene towards the end of the film when she's already, um, when she's a grown-up woman and um, and she's trying to protect the child. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was a, you know, there was another scene that was supposed to, that was supposed to enhance the tension, but um, somehow it was getting in the way of the. Of, of of the resolution of that act and making it a little bit too long for the audience to you know uh, go with it, and so we got rid of it. But for the rest, you know, it's it was, yeah, what you see was was mostly in the script. You know, mm-hmm. obviously he shot, yeah, lots of more takes, lots of more little beats of I don't know actors playing with uh, insects or with nature, you know, there was a lot of that kind of improvisation and that, you know, we, we sort of yeah, went for the, you know, we went, uh, how you say it, organically, we, we trimmed those mm-hmm. beats, shorter and shorter versions of themselves, you know, but, but they, they sort of, the structure of it was already there, was already in the script and in the assembly at the end of the day. What were some of the, what were some of the challenges that you came across in the editing process when it came to... Because this movie is... One of the things I really like about this movie is you you mentioned the Malik connection. It's funny because of the fact that uh, when I talked to the cinematographer about a couple weeks ago, he mentioned Malik as well. And you can definitely see that connection there, that visual connection and the way that the story is told. What are some of the challenges in making... in coming up with a movie 
in editing a movie like this where so much of the so much of the storytelling is ver is visual as opposed to having a narrative where people are talking with dialogue and exposition uh what were the big challenges of uh something like this versus uh more traditional uh storytelling oh uh, look yeah it, it was it was um I guess it, it was tricky in in some ways, but at the same time, you know, we sort of, I don't know, I guess we were excited by it, you know, uh, during the edit. Like it was something we thought, you know, that was something really um, new and, 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 um, and exciting for an audience to see, you know, just trying to communicate um, emotions and plot just visually, you know, it all, you know, the, the concept was to, I guess, to make something that felt um, a little bit like an old fairy tale, like a really ancient fairy tale that was, you know, like just an old legend that, you know, someone had found hidden in an old book, something like that. And so uh, with that in mind, we, you know, we sort of, tried not to explain everything and not to you know worry too much about backstory for example of characters or like even the logic you know or the reasoning for certain actions we tried not to get too bogged down into because we mm -hmm. thought that it was somehow killing the tone of the film we thought that you know um people people would have as it looked like you did but the people would would be on board for a much more, um, you know, visceral and evocative um, ride if we if we got rid of you know more more uh, clearer plot beats, mm -hmm. you know. And so that that was I guess that was the challenge in you know it's obviously a very fine line that we were walking and um, and and you know and sort of get that balance right was really difficult and um, you know one of the elements of that was obviously the subtitling because it was really key you know to because we were translating from Macedonian and the director speaks Macedonian but we sort of made sure that the voiceover was yes giving away maybe little plot mm -hmm. beats but also maintaining a sort of a um uh, you know, poetic element, you know, we still wanted it to feel lyrical and, and poetic and musical. Uh, but somehow we, yeah, we were trying really sneakily, yeah, just to add a little bit of tension, translating things in a, you know, in a certain way instead of in another. So there's a lot of little strategies in there that, um, yeah, that obviously were very time consuming and, and very uh, finicky and, and tricky to, mm -hmm. to, to, you know, to, to perform. <laughs> I know uh, once everything comes together, uh, the the music is typically the one of the last things to come into play, but I also know that um, there are sometimes when temp tracks and different uh, pieces are used to set, are set to the movie in order to sort of give the composer some idea as to what um, what type of musical 
sound the filmmaker, the director wants to uh, have for the movie. It, when you're editing, are you listening? Are you guys listening to music along the way? Are you starting to make those decisions in terms of what type of uh, what type of sound that the the music is going to have eventually have as you're editing the project? How's how's that work? Uh, well, uh, I guess it's different every time. Um, sometimes you know, there's more. Um, some directors are um, more specific than others. You know, sometimes yeah, directors come in with you know a, a very um, distinct idea uh, with the music. Uh, for for you won't be alone. It was a a, a little bit of a, um, a strange mix because we started editing and the, um, we didn't have a composer. When we started editing, the composer came on board a little bit later. And um, I think towards the second half of the edit, he was starting to send a few ideas, I think, but it was fairly late. So basically, uh, in order to start to start cutting, um, we yeah, we looked for some camp music and um, and yeah, and we stumbled upon uh, some of the tracks that actually, uh, ended up in the film, <laughs> if that makes sense, and um, um, and uh, and yeah, obviously they had this. Um, you know, Gorn was looking for something that was classical. That was how can I explain it? That again felt like a um, uh, that had a classical and monumental element, but at the same time, it also felt you know, slightly folksy mm. and, you know, um, not too, not too sophisticated in some way, you know, just simple melodies. And, um, and that's how some of the tracks that ended up in the film um, came upon. Uh, yeah, we were just looking for them during the edit. And uh, once those ones were in place, uh, basically, well, the offline ended, okay, and I was off on something else. And during that time, Goran spent uh, another month, I can't remember how long, but to, you know, to, um, with the composer, with Mark Bradshaw, you know, to build, um, yeah, certain things that could go with those other tracks, you know, just mm -hmm. to build a kind of a, a more, um, a more, um, I say, um, uniform tone, you know, throughout the whole thing. Okay. Uh, gang away from gang away specifically from you won't be alone. Um, what was it that drew you to being an editor? First place. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, well, um, it's a bit of a well. I guess I was a little bit of a late bloomer with films, so I started with music. Music was my um, thing uh, when I was younger, and. Um, and um, yeah, I was in bands and uh, that sort of thing. Um, but then at some point um, at uni, I took a course in yeah, cinema studies. And that's when my um, sort of a, um, yeah, passion for movies um, uh, started to bloom. Um, from that point on, uh, yeah, I, well, I moved to another City, I managed to get a job in a TV station, and um, and around that time, I also decided to take like a you know um, 
like a script writing course, like an evening course. And so the idea at the beginning was to, I thought that I could be a writer somehow. Um, and, uh, but at the same time, while working in this TV station, I was getting to see editors and work with them. And I was, you know, started just getting fascinated by it and by the uh, musicality of it, I guess. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, um, and, um, and also I was having a little bit of a crisis, obviously with script writing, you know, like, you know, the sort of the blank page was terrorizing, but I thought that editing was a kind of something in between, you know, I felt that I could somehow write with someone else's images, you know, it, it never felt as overwhelming as writing, you know, the yeah. kind of a yeah. classical writing. And, um, and yeah, I guess that's, that's how it started. Then after that, I moved to Australia and, um, because I just wanted to get into movies. Um, and, um, uh, and yeah, you know, slowly, slowly, I started getting into long form and that became my sort of main, um, you know, just the things that interests me the most, I guess, you know, just the, uh, there's nothing like it, mm -hmm. I, I like to say. <laughs> in, in addition to uh, Terrence Malick, who are some of the, uh, who are some of your other filmmakers or filmmakers that inspire you? Uh, yeah, look, I'm a big fan. Yeah, for this film, you know, a lot of people were talking about ellipses in, in general in the film, you know, um, it was both something that people liked and, you know, somehow uh, criticism. But, um, um, yeah, I, in generally, I like, you know, just films that have like a, a slightly more mysterious plot mm -hmm. uh, where not everything is explained. And I guess, yeah, a good one, you know, for especially for You Won't Be, be Alone was like uh, Nicholas Roig. Um, and then, um, um, yeah, like, uh, I'm a big fan of Edward Yang that I've recently discovered. Um, but also, um, yeah, like the early um, uh, Kore Eda, the Japanese filmmaker. Um, I'm a really big fan of him and of the way he cuts. Um, yeah, but um, I don't know. Yeah, a, a little bit of... Um, everything i guess but yeah lately these are the ones that i um i guess that i gravitate gravitate around that you know where i'm really um challenged by the way they edit and by the way they yeah they put together their films you know their films are they, they feel they always feel like um very original concepts mm -hmm. and very original um stylistic approaches really new you know um yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, do you have anything that you're working on right now? Um, I'm finishing on um, uh, a film called Petrol, um, which is a, um, yeah, a feature film by um, an Australian, a Russian slash Australian director called Alena Lutkina. This is the second film that we've, we, we've done together. And um, um yeah that's 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 what i'm working on at the moment but yeah it's it's you know just the finishing touches really we just find cutting so okay yeah. all right well thank you very much for your time today thank, thank you thank you and um yeah <laughs> thanks heaps <laughs> sorry getting really oh no problem hot. <laughs>
No problem. Yeah, it was it was really good to uh, finally be able to uh, talk to you about this movie. Like I like I said, really, I really love the ways. I love the way this, that approaches genre. That it it takes this more. I, uh, I guess ethereal is probably the best way since we're talking about Malik. Yeah. Um, yeah. This more ethereal approach to genre where it's not just about, um, it's not just about scaring us. It's not just about, uh, you know, blunt guts. It's about you know ideas, and it ultimately is about what it means to be human. And taking that and doing that in a, in this type of story was really fascinating. So I thank you very much for time and for oh, being no able worries. to talk to me about it. No worries. Uh, yeah, no, it's like a, it's a, it's a pleasure. I'm so glad that you know um, it really. Yeah, people, people, yeah, people sort of uh, appreciate that element. Um, you know, it's never. You're never sure <laughs> when you work on it, but it feels like yeah, the existential element really comes across, which is kind of the most important one, you know, yeah. in some in some way. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, cool, uh, awesome. All right. All right. Well, I hope you have a good rest of the day. <laughs> okay. You too. Thanks, Thank Eeps. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye.